Yes, we are in our first week of Atomic, uh, Atomic, and we're going to be talking about habits and things that are um, really, really important in your relationship with Christ. So we are going to start that tonight. But first, like I said, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that um, we're able to be here. Lord, that you've given us another week to be able to come to Barefoot with our friends. God, that we, um, I ask that as I give this message tonight, Lord, that you speak through me and that you allow these students to hear you um, in, in any way that they need to. God, maybe it is related to what I have to say. Maybe it's not, but whatever way that they can feel your presence um, and that you care about them is what I ask tonight. I ask that you remove any distractions and any um, desire to, to be a distraction to people around us, that it's so important to be able to spend time with you. Um, because our, our lives are so busy and so much going on that sometimes we forget to do that on our own. So I just ask that we can take advantage of this time tonight and that we can learn more about you and our relationships with you. And probably sings your son's holy name. Amen. So how many of you have ever studied an atom in school? And atoms are the smallest unit of matter and they make up everything that we see around us. So they're both super important and super small, right? You can't see atoms, but they're everywhere. They're in everything that you that is around us. And what we're going to be talking about here is our routines and our habits. And in, in this first week, the main idea is to make it a habit to spend time with God. In your day-to-day -day lives, you have to make it a habit to spend time with God in your day-to-day -day lives. And so in the morning, when you wake up, you have, you have habits, right? During the day, when you're spending time in your day, you have habits. At night, you have habits, right? Our, all all our, our lives are filled with these habits, right? Breathing, that's a habit, right? It's, if you didn't do it, you would be in trouble. Um, getting hungry every few hours or minutes for some of you, right? So that's a habit, Checking your phone as soon as you wake up. How many of you do that? Right when you wake up, you look at your phone. I have, I have a strong feeling that some of you are not being honest. But that's okay. Sitting in the same seat that you usually do, maybe at lunch or at school or something, um, and you don't have to, right? You probably even have routines that you fall into every day and you don't even notice it. There are things that you just do that you don't even notice. And we all have these habits that we don't really think about. And sometimes... They're helpful, but sometimes they're hurtful to us. And sometimes we don't realize we have certain habits until it's too late, right? Where they've really caused damage to our lives or to other people's lives. But instead of stressing so much about these habits, what if we focused more on our helpful habits to our lives? How could we give ourselves helpful habits? Does anybody know the season that we're in? Is the, is the church what the season before Easter is called, who knows? What is it? Ash Wednesday was the start of what? Lent, yes. Yes, Ash Wednesday led into Lent, which is a time that we have before Easter, right? And so, in bonus question, does anybody know what, what Lent represents? What was it? What is, what is it? Evelyn? Okay, yes, it's time... But where did it come from? Did, did anybody know? No. Anybody else have a legitimate answer? 
No? It does come from the Bible, yes. But what it represents is the time that Jesus spent um, in the desert, right? When he was being tempted by Satan. So Jesus had this time where he was... And we're going to take a look at all that. But anyway, what if we start over the next four weeks, what if you start looking at the habits that are in your life, both helpful and hurtful habits, right? But and figuring out how we can adjust those to where the ones that aren't so helpful start being removed from our lives and the ones that are helpful either we build up on or we add right so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight to start what about your spiritual habits in your life what are some things that you do every day to draw closer to god and maybe in your head you thought of something that you do or maybe you told yourself nothing right and maybe you're in those in one of those spots what small changes can we make to grow closer to god over time right it's not going to be an overnight situation where you say okay i i love god now with all my heart and now when i wake up i'm going to be the best christian ever that's not how that works in 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 any relationship if you don't spend time with somebody right we tend to not grow closer to that person right if you don't spend time with someone you don't draw closer to them it's the same thing with god if you don't spend time with him then you won't draw closer to him so for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about four different spiritual habits that can help us grow closer to God in our relationship over time. And maybe you already have some to help you do that, but I'm going to hopefully give you some more that you can really use and start using to do this. Okay. So if you're, if we're thinking about this idea of habits and what transformation looks like, what, what going from bad habits in our lives to good habits. There's a really good verse that we're going to look, a couple of verses that we're going to look at first. Um, but the problem is, how do you know which habits will actually help you, right? Will reading the Bible help me, right? Will praying help me? Will fasting help me? These are all spiritual habits that a lot of people do, but not necessarily they'll help you grow closer spiritually. Um, and what does that even mean, right? The idea of growing spiritually seems kind of, you know, mysterious. We don't really, there's no gauge on how to know how well we're doing, right? There's no way to know. I started here and now I'm here necessarily other than your own personal self, but we all have good days and bad days, right? So it's really difficult to know. But to help us answer those questions, um, there's a story written by a guy named Matthew in the Bible. And he was one of Jesus's first followers that he had. Not only was Matthew one of Jesus's first followers, he was also a historian, so he was a person that knew a lot about the history of religion and the culture, and so he wanted people for generations to remember what God had done. So he wrote out in detail, like hand, handwritten, specific detail of these moments that he had with Jesus um, and his important stories and encounters that Jesus had that he was with him to share. Jesus had a habit, for some reason, of climbing mountains in order to spend some time with God. So he wanted to get to seclusion almost and spend time with God. And over and over throughout the Bible, you actually see mentioning the Bible mentioning Jesus going out on these solo hikes 
in order to pray in solitude. He'll go off by himself and want to pray. Um, but this time, what we're going to read here in Matthew, he invites a few friends. And then something incredible happens. It's Matthew 17, 1 through 8. And it says, Six days later, three of them saw the, that glory Jesus took Peter and the brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. His appearance changed from the inside out right before their eyes. Sunlight poured from his face. His clothes were filled with light. Then they realized that Moses and Elijah were also there in deep conversation with him. Peter broke in, Master, this is a great moment. What do you think if I built three memorials here on the mountain? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was going on about this, babbling a light, radiant cloud enveloped them and sounding from deep in the cloud a voice. This is my son, marked by love, focus of my delight. Listen to him. When the disciples heard it, they fell flat on their faces, scared to death. But Jesus came over and touched them and said, Don't be afraid. When they opened their eyes and looked around, all they saw was Jesus, only Jesus. So if, you're, if we're reading this and we're thinking, wait, what just happened, right? Bunch, a bunch of light, a cloud that talks, and then all they saw when they opened their eyes was Jesus. If you're thinking that, then you, knew, you now know how Peter and the other disciples must have felt when they saw Jesus transform right before their eyes. They thought they knew everything there was about Jesus, but suddenly it was like Jesus' transformation on that mountaintop is an important part of Jesus' story, right? That transformation that happens on the mountaintop is a really important part of Jesus' story. And many religious leaders had expectations of who Jesus was supposed to be. Like, they, they all thought he was supposed to be this, and they all thought he was supposed to be that. But this was the moment when the Son of God was, like, revealed, right? God, get, this happened to Jesus, and this is the moment when this is revealed. Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples, okay? He was, like, one of his best friends. But he still questioned even during their time together, if Jesus really was God. So Peter, a disciple, questioned if Jesus was really God. And I'm not going to ask anybody excuse me, to raise their hands or anything like that. But I can tell you personally that I've always, I've, I've questioned before if Jesus was God and how all that even works, right? Is it even a thing? I've questioned that. And so if you've been in that spot and you're like, I don't even know why I want spiritual habits. I don't care about getting closer to God. I don't care because all I do is question. I don't feel like wasting my time. Well, so did one of his best friends, one of his closest disciples question the same thing. In this, in time, you see Peter shift his understanding of who Jesus is. It goes from questioning to knowing who he was. Peter's journey with Jesus was a little messy, but yet he stuck close by Jesus' side and God used him to do incredible things. Just like Peter, we have our own assumptions about Jesus, right? Questions and misunderstandings. Maybe you think Jesus was a good teacher, but nothing more. Maybe you think Jesus is just a crutch to lean on when life gets tough, right? The person that you can talk to when nobody else wants to hear you cry about something, right? 
Maybe you think that Jesus won't love or accept you until you get your life together. You've messed up too many times. Or you're this or you're that. So it doesn't matter because Jesus doesn't want me. Or maybe Jesus is a good option, but the only way to but not the only way to know God. Right? Maybe you I can be spiritual, but I don't have to know Jesus. So all of these things and these misunderstandings and questions is what we have to understand that it's normal to have these questions. It's not something that you should feel ashamed about. But what it is, is that it's an opportunity for you to say, I want to have that opportunity like Peter where I was here, but then I started doing things in my life that allowed me to grow closer to Jesus and gave myself a chance to do so. And now my understanding of him is so much different. Until we make it a habit to spend time with Jesus ourselves, we won't have a chance to see how amazing he truly is. Right? I looked on, before I put this together, I looked at my phone and looked at the amount of time I spend on apps on my phone. Right? Um, Netflix, I spend 18 and a half hours a week on Netflix, on my phone. That might be a lot. Might be, to me, it sounded like a lot. Okay? On TikTok, I spend almost three hours a week. It's, I know compared to most of you probably, that's not like, that's like hardly anything. But for me, that's a lot, right? Same thing with Snapchat and Instagram. They were both around five hours. So the idea that we say all the time, right? The idea is I don't have time for God. I, I have sports. I have this. I have this. I have my friends. I have this. I have homework. I have school. I don't have time to go on this trip or this mission trip or come on Wednesday because I have all this schoolwork. That's okay. Those are things that are real. But until you make it a habit to spend time with Jesus, you won't be able to have a chance to see how amazing he really is. And you won't have an understanding of how he can work in your life because you're not giving him the room to work. Right? It's like if you call, if you call to set an appointment and say, okay, I'll be there at nine. Okay, perfect. We'll see you at nine. Then you call the day before or at 8.30 in the morning. I can't make my appointment. I got something else coming up. Can I come at two? Yep, we'll see you at two. No problem. You call again right before two o'clock. Hey, by the way, I can't come to my appointment. I had this come up and I need to do this. Okay, well, we can have openings and we're booked tomorrow. But we, right? And we keep pushing these things out. And eventually, you just can't get an appointment. And it's the same thing with God, except he doesn't say, eventually, I'm just going to not give you an appointment. He says, eventually, I'm just going to wait and continue and wait. He's going to continuously wait for us to make time for him. So it's our responsibility to make that time. And as we spend time with God, we'll be able to see more clearly who he truly is. If you've ever struggled with who God is, if you've ever struggled of who God, because of whatever reason, but if you've ever struggled with who God is, you have to look at how much time you're spending with him. Because if you don't, if you feel like you don't know him or you feel like you don't have a relationship with him, there's a reason for that. It's not just because he doesn't, he doesn't like me. I messed up too many times or I do this or I do that. It's not, that's not a real excuse. We tell ourselves that that's the excuse Right? We say, well, I'm not good enough because I lie or I did this, I do that. Right? But we tell ourselves that excuse to hide the real reason because the real reason most of the time is because we don't want to spend time with Him. We just don't. 
we feel guilty, we feel scared, we feel like it's a waste of time because we don't understand, we feel like um, we're a lost cause, right? So we just don't want to spend time because it's not cool anymore in culture. You can't be a Christian and have a fun life. All of those things we package up and say, well, he doesn't like me. But really the package when you unpack it is all are all of those excuses plus more. When you start spending time with God, you're able to see him more clearly, just like Peter did that day on the mountaintop. Right? When we read that story of that transformation and we see Jesus up there on the mountain be changed into who God has him to be, and they see this and they fall it says they fall flat on their faces and they're they're really scared. Can you imagine if you're on top of a mountain with your friend who you've known for a long period of time and then all of a sudden they all their clothes turn white and it's like like blinding almost and then some cloud speaks to you and says, hey, I'm God, this is my son and this is who he really is and he's come to really do this. I mean, that would be freaky. That would scare the crap out of me, right? So it's the same idea, but how did they get to that point? They got to that point because they said, we're willing to spend time with you. We're willing to go on this hike with you up to this mountain, right? Paul is another early follower of Jesus, and we've talked about Paul before. He wrote a letter to a church in the city of Corinth, which we've looked at before as well. In it, he described how Jesus' followers can experience the glory of God. And we're going to look at that idea right now. And this, I really want you to, like... You know, turn on the the ears here because this is like a re- I, this is a really really good thing that Paul wrote, and it's it's really helpful. I think all of us to all of us. Anyway, Second Corinthians three eighteen through four verse two is where we're going to be at. Okay, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God, our faces, shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. Since God has so generously let us in on what He's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. So, a lot going on there. We're going to break it down a little bit, okay? It's not just Jesus who transformed. Jesus isn't the only person that's ever going to be looked at by God and say, this is who you are now, and then this is where I, who I want you to be. Jesus is not the only person to do that. We are also people that can do that. God can say, your life is here right now, 
and it's it's kind of messy. This is where I know your life can go, and you're gonna go. You're gonna get there, and I'm gonna help you get there, and I want you to get there. We can be transformed. That happens by the power of God's Spirit and our commitment to change our habits. I, this part in this in these couple of verses is the important thing, okay? And I'm going to reread it. It says, we're free of it. The legislation, the constricting legisla- legislation is recognized as obsolete. What Paul is saying there is the old rules and the old way of living because of Jesus is now obsolete. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Jesus came and died so that the old ways and what was going to happen, our, our eventual death, isn't because, it's, it's not happening because of what Jesus did. Right? And when I say eventual death, you'll say, well, we're all going to die. Yes, we're all going to die, but I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about spiritually nothing after this life. And so what Jesus did by coming down and dying on the cross, that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about that idea that the old legisl- old legislation's obsolete. It's not usable, it's not it doesn't matter anymore. Right? We're free of it, all of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of his face. It's not saying Jesus is the the transformation that Jesus went through, yours is not going to be that good, but it's going to still be decent. No, no, no. Paul says our faces are going to shine just as bright as Jesus's do did. So the person in the way of that happening is not God. It's not Jesus. It's us. Because we want to be this person. We have this idea that we have to be this particular person for people to like us, or for people to pay attention to us, or for people to care about us, or for whatever, whatever. The, the case is probably different for everybody. But you need to stop telling yourself that God doesn't care about you and doesn't have a plan for your life and doesn't want to transform you into somebody because that's not him. That's you saying that. You are telling yourself that. And if you're not spending time with him... Over time, when you say those things to yourself, they become reality. You'll stop reading the Bible. You'll stop coming to Barefoot. You'll stop caring about mission trips. You'll stop waking up on Sunday mornings to go to church. You'll stop doing the little prayer that you do before you sleep or before you eat with your family. Or you'll just sit there quietly and act like you're saying it in your head. You'll, those things will those stop. And it's because of the amount of time you're spending with someone. Think about it. I guarantee, like, if you went on your phones and you looked at the amount of time you spent on those apps that I mentioned, right? All of those things we put so much time into. And what do they, what do they give us back? I literally, when I go on TikTok, I laugh like 10% of the time. The other 90% of the time, I cry because these do- these videos about these dogs and like I I can't this morning nine o'clock in the morning got on TikTok first video is about this like core memory video and this dog's run and I couldn't I just I can't even 
So like you go on TikTok and it's doing nothing but making you cry. Then you go on Instagram and it's doing nothing but make you feel bad about yourself because you don't get enough likes or you don't look like the person you're liking the picture of. Or the person that you are liking their picture doesn't care about you um, and they're with somebody else in the picture, right? So all of these things we're investing our time into are not doing anything for us at all. Zero. But then we say, I don't have enough time to invest to grow my relationship with Christ, so I'm just going to blame it on, well, God doesn't like me because I'm blank or because I've done this or that, right? And so I just, I want us to get away from that lie over the next four weeks because that's what it is. It's just, it's a lie that we tell ourselves. For as long as you live, you will continue to build habits in your life. For as long as you live, you'll continue to build habits. But the habit of spending time with God is regularly, right, is one habit that can transform your life in significant ways. When we spend time with God, we become more like Jesus, right? I've mentioned like things that I've done when I'm mission trips, and those are all good, big experiences. But what I'm talking about here is also throwing in the daily type of thing that you can do to help yourself grow in Christ, right? We're so, we live in such a distracted society and culture. I look around the room and like, like 20% of you are distracted right now, either by other people or by a cell phone, which is fine. That's the culture that we live in. I totally get it. But what you have to start to figure out, if you're like serious about having a relationship with God and you actually care about your faith, right, is that you have to start looking at the habits of your life, the people in your life. You have to start looking at those things. And I know, why would I think about that at 12, 13, 14, 15? Because they start affecting you now. And they start affecting the habits that you have in your life. So as we build habits that shape who we are, why don't we make a habit to spend time with God? Why don't we make a habit to spend time with Him? What is holding you back from spending time with God? What is holding you back from spending time with God? For some of you, I think it's you're just not ready to go to that level with God yet, and that's okay. That's why you come here, because we want to help you get to the point where you say, wow, I really do think this is important, and I do care. I want to start doing that, and then we help you with that, right? Or maybe you're there now, and you say, yeah, my life is really filled with a bunch of stuff that really just makes me unhappy every day. And I have to put on this mask that everything's okay because people ask me all the time because I guess my face just looks like it. And I just have to say, yep, all good, right? And I'm getting tired of that. And so if that's where you are, then you also have to look at the amount of time you're spending with God. I'm not saying that if you start reading your Bible every day or praying every day or whatever, whatever spiritual habit you pick up, I'm not saying that all your issues are going to go away. They won't because they don't. They won't go away. But what will happen 
is that your life will start to be less focused on things that only really cause you pain and stress and anxiety. How many of you are stressed today at some point? Raise your hand. Me? Yes. Everyone. We're all stressed out. And we all deal with that stress differently. But creating good habits in your life and, and creating them to be able to spend time with God in those moments instead of going on your phone and getting false hope from people and on social media um, or you know going on TikTok and whatever, right? Instead of doing those things when we're stressed or depressed or have anxiety, why not create habits that allow us to notice when those things are happening and go to God? So now what? Right, we've talked about all of these things. Spending, Dylan, I've got tonight that you said spending with time with spending time with God is important. That's what I got. So now what? What do we do? Right? How are you supposed to spend time with God? How are we supposed to do that? Like we said before, spending time with God can be a habit that seems strange because you're talking to this person you can't see and that doesn't talk back. And that apparently had a son that lived over 2,000 years ago and died. But then he was the only guy ever to be raised from the dead. And then spent three more days on, on earth chilling out and then went to heaven. Which is another place I've never seen or, or, or been able to look at. So yeah, it's a little hard. It's a little mysterious for me. Right? And so this is some ways that you can hopefully spend time with God that have, that have worked for me. Okay. Will they work for you? Maybe, maybe not, but this is a good starting place for these habits for yourself. Okay. And I'm not saying that you need to replace your hour of TikTok with an hour of prayer. That's not a realistic goal to set for yourself at the beginning. Okay. Um, that's just not, but if you say, okay, before I get on TikTok for an hour, I'm going to spend five or 10 minutes with God, either looking at my Bible app or just praying for my friends and my family and my school and my community, and then I'll get on TikTok. Okay, that's a start. That's a start of a good habit. Anyway, here we go. Um, if we break it down into these three words, spending time with him will be easier. First one is learn, okay? Thanks to the Bible and books of faith and people around you, your small group leaders, me, other people of faith in your life, you can learn about God you can, I'm sorry, you can spend time with God by learning about him, if that makes sense. The more you learn about him, you, the time that you're, you're spending getting to know him, okay? So learn is the first word. Number two is pray. We spend time with God every time we talk to him, right? So praying is the way that we have a direct connection to be able to pray to him, to talk to him. So pray is the second word. And lastly is worship. So, like what we did up here is worship opportunity. So I hope that when we do these opportunities here in Barefoot, that you take advantage of them because you probably don't do it too much on your own, right? But you can also worship on your own by listening um, to worship music or maybe going to a place that makes you feel peaceful and that you can just kind of relax, right? Um, but worship is an important thing. So... How are you, so how are we supposed to do that? So those three things are ways to spend time with God. Those three starting points are really good things. Another really 
weird idea that I have that may also work for you is called habit stacking. Okay. Habit stacking. And it may sound like a new, like a next iPhone game, but it's not. Okay. Um, it's a strategy for developing good habits that was popularized by a guy named James Clear. So James Clear is an author. He's a teacher. Anyway, he has this idea called habit stacking. And what you, what you're supposed to do, it's really easy. Um, and next week I'm, I'm going to actually have some of these, uh, like Lego blocks for you. Um, and you're going to be able to do your own habit stacking next week. But what he says is you just follow a simple formula and that's after blank before, no, I'm sorry. After or before I blank, I will blank. So, right. If it's maybe the habit of after or before I, or before I eat, I will pray. So there you go. So that's that idea. You already have a ton of habits that you do in, in one given day, right? So if you want to add a new habit to your routine, that's sometimes difficult to do, especially for you all. You guys are busy. You have a million things going on with school and uh, extracurricular activities and things that you do. So an easy way to do it is to attach it to a habit you already do. So like hopefully in the morning, a habit for you is to brush your teeth, okay? After I brush my teeth, I will pray. It's an easy way to get an extra prayer in with something I already do, right? After I eat dinner, I will write in a prayer journal. After I see a Bible app notification, I will read the, the passage that pops up. How many of you um, know of the Bible app and know of the daily verse that they send out? Does anybody know of that? Okay. If you don't know of that and you would like that, all you have to do is you download the Bible app on your phone. Um, and then they'll push a notification to you every morning or whatever time you want it um, to be able to just send you a daily verse. And you just read that verse and then you go about your day. So anyway, next, but maybe it's before I get out of bed, I will read the Bible for at least two minutes, right, on your app on your phone. So again, before you hop on Instagram or TikTok or whatever you do right when you wake up, um, you know, you read the Bible for a couple minutes. And you can go in the app on, on your phone and like type in stress and it will take you to places in the Bible that can help you with stress. If you want to put in there depression, death, uh, you know, any type of thing that you're struggling with, um, if you type that in there, it can take you to those verses uh, in the Bible. Next, after I think about someone, I will pray for them, right? So instead of maybe thinking like a rude thought or making a rude comment, maybe pray for them instead right? Or maybe before I take my dog for a walk outside, I will thank God for creation. I, it's, I, it's very different. It's, it's very, it's not very often that I thank God for creation, even though the beach is one of my favorite places, right? And so maybe if you start adding things that are already a daily habit for you, you can start seeing your time with God increase, okay? So we're going to close out here, all right? And we will um, go into small groups. But what kind of transformation you experience depends on what God needs to transform in your life, right? God likes to surprise us, so sometimes it's not always what we expect. One thing for sure, though, is when you spend time with God consistently, you can't help but be transformed. 
And that's what God's spirit kind of does. It moves through you when you spend time with him. So this week, I just I want you to give it a try, right? Whether it's through learning, prayer, worship, or all three of them, I want you to try to make it a habit to spend time with God this week. Just, I don't, I don't care how long it is, time-wise, it doesn't matter. Just spend time with him this week, okay? Um, and, then, and then we'll come back next week and talk about it, okay? I'm going to finish up and I'm going to pray. Um, and I hope that you think of things that you know God needs to transform in your life. Maybe it's behavior um, that you have uh, at home. Maybe it's things that you're doing behind your parents' back that they don't know about. Maybe it's things that you're doing behind your friends' backs that they don't know about. Maybe it's things that you're doing to yourself that nobody else knows about, right? Maybe it's struggling with grades or maybe it's struggling with family life or whatever. Whatever's going on, notice that you need the transformation in your life. Like, notice that it's not healthy. And try to ask God to help you transform that, okay? I'm going to pray, and then we can go off to small groups. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, and I thank you for everyone in here. Um, that sometimes we get lost in the chaos of things that are happening and, and just so many directions that we're getting pulled from and, and into, God, but I just thank you for the opportunity that we have to come here that we take it for granted, I take it for granted. I just ask that you allow us to see what we need transformed in our lives and allow you to do that. That Paul didn't say our transformation won't be as good as Jesus's or it can't be, but our faces will shine like his. And that's what I ask for everybody here tonight. I pray that as we go into small groups, that you allow us to... Um, really connect with one another, make each other feel welcomed and a part of what we have. Um, and that's family through you. And so I ask that you be with us in these time, in these talks and, and opportunities, and that you get us back safely. Keep everybody safe on spring break, during spring break, wherever they're going, and that you bring us back safely in two weeks um, to meet again. We pray all these things in your son's holy name. Amen.